Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. Uh, wines, I find them extremely helpful in ha- helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go. Ball in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go out. Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. 
can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online. Either way, make sure to use that promo code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies, and with me today, you know him, you love him, you hopefully have bought his book already, Manny Rondawa of MLB.com and StatCast. And also, making his debut on the podcast, a new friend of ours, Kate Walker, newly of Nug Love and Belly Up Sports, uh, an, an analytically minded person to have along uh, for the podcast to dive into a number of topics. We want to get into some of the things that have been so fun in Manny's book. It's always great to, to talk about the past, and it's really been, I think, the off-season of reliving 90s Rockies baseball, which has been a lot of fun, and your book is right at the center of that. But let's start with the current events. Yeah, Let, Let's get into the nitty-gritty, because I think... Uh, as we were talking about before we came on here, there are some things going on, whether it be with the Rockies or with the Major League Baseball in general, that we're looking at quite a bit differently. And, Kate, it'll be really interesting to get uh, your take on some things as well. But before we maybe get to the specifics, how about the generalities? It's been an interesting offseason. You know, last year it was there was nothing, nothing, nothing. Everyone's waiting for the big names to go. And then there was kind of a flood at the end of the season. But we're seeing some of those role player type of guys, the Travis Darnos are getting picked up, and uh, it's been a little bit different. So what's your take on you know, how teams are changing their philosophies in the current market? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think we all um, are a little bit surprised at the movement in the market so far this year, given what we saw last year. Um, it's hard to say what's going on because you know we're obviously not in the front offices that are doing this stuff, but... Um, you know that they're making calculated decisions. That's something we know about this about this era of, of uh, baseball ops. I think is, is that you know it's data driven, as it ought to be. Um, in some cases, there might be some excesses in that department that are going to kind of swing back, a pendulum kind of swing back, and maybe we're seeing a little bit of that in this market. Um, the top tier free agents are not are, are probably not going to sign until um, you know they've been talking about how maybe you know you might see Strasburg sign at the winter meetings or something. But um, I think that might Garrett be more. Cole talk yeah, out there right I think, now. I think Cole probably pushed past that, but um, and be more like what happened last year with the big time free agents going into going late into the off season. But um, I think with Strasburg, I mean that might just be a function of him getting back with the Nationals. You know, um, I, I, you know. There have been reports that the Nationals can't afford both him and Anthony Rendon, and um, that could very well be the case. If, if they have to make a choice, I think you, I think they keep Strasburg. Strasburg, right? Um, right. And, and it's just one of those things where um, the market, the catching market in particular, is not fast, um, which is interesting if you're a Rockies fan. I think that's also, and, and most of that has been like need. Role filling, role player, not big, not super big names, and it's not necessarily surprising to see that happening this early in the offseason. But it's nice to see movement this early compared with just absolutely nothing happening in the first two months of the offseason off season last year. The Grandal signing came really early, and that was surprising to me. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. One of the bigger names on the market. Yeah, he, he was, went off the market. Yeah, he was the guy I kind of wanted the Rockies to sign, but I mean, he went super quick, and a lot of people attributed it to the fact that he's not with Scott Boris. 
I mean, <laughs> Scott Boris, I mean, from, from, from what we all understand, Scott Boris uh, is one of those guys that will take these things to as far as he can in, in, in every sense of that word, in, in every sense of that phrase, including time wise. Like, let's, let's see how everything plays out and unfolds, talks a big game, and then. When the time is right, usually toward the end of the po- in the off season or as far back as he can get it, he make his guys start, start signing. So that's a good point. That's a good point. All right, and then at that point you have situations like um, Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell last year where they didn't even sign till till more of the season. Yeah, season. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and I want to ask you about something that Manny brought up. You know, he was talking about how the catcher market is moving a little bit quicker. We're talking about Grandal there. Uh, but there's also a lot of catchers that are out there and available. I've been in this weird spot. I just did a whole podcast about the Rockies and, and catching. And my general philosophy on it is this. More than any other team in baseball, the Rockies can't afford to have a defensive liability behind the plate. Basically, every extra pitch, every extra out you have to get at Coors Field is just taxing an already extraordinarily taxed situation. So while I got... The interest in, in the kid from Seattle who can really hit but can't catch. Uh, I get more excited about names like Martin Maldonado, though the war suggests, hey, you hit enough, it doesn't matter if you can't catch. So, you know, and, and maybe that's a little bit of a simplistic read on it, but where do you stand more philosophically on now that the Rockies didn't get Grandal, would you be excited by a name like Martin Maldonado? Uh, or I even brought up like, Russell Martin on a, at 37 <laughs> years old, you know, who can, but the defensive numbers are still there. He's been impressive. Torinos is a, again, a guy who, I think that's maybe the best case scenario, a guy who can really catch and who also hit 20 home runs. Um, that, that's, I think, the guy who would most pop my eyes. But Martin Maldonado, who you're talking about, a career 75 WRC plus, and it's like almost like clockwork. He's 75 WRC plus. But he can catch. He can really catch. So, um, I think, yeah, you're right. Chirino should be the ideal candidate because um, he provides some value on both sides of the ball. And obviously, Walters is a fantastic defensive catcher. Um, but he doesn't. I mean, I don't think he had a recorded barrel recording sack catch this year. Which no, is, we did not. No, yeah, we definitely <laughs> we definitely kept up on that one. <laughs> so, uh, one of my first pieces I actually did for Belly Up Sports is I did um, a profile on a couple of the more uh, underrated free agents out there and two of the guys that I highlighted um, which provided uh, some value on both sides of the ball were Alex Avila and Jason Castro Um, Avila's a veteran guy he's aging but his batted his batted ball profile was pretty solid last year I think I think Um, he's off the market now is he off the market now just yesterday oh really I missed that I want to say the twins but well I mean Jason Castro actually had a better a better batted ball profile than um than Avila did, but yeah. I think um, part of that fact was that they platooned him with Mitch Garver up in Minnesota, mm-hmm. so he was facing more ideal matchups for uh, for himself. But still, like defensively, he's about average. His um, his framing's pretty solid, so I, I think he's he's not bad. Um, but he definitely provides more offensive value than Tony Walters. Yeah, well, that's not you know to be honest with you, and, and, and Drew and I went and did this last year. Um, because Walters was, you know, hitting for a good part of the season was hitting north of 300 or right around 300. I think he ended up at like 260 something, right? Yeah. But uh, bottom line was that the the um, the quality of contact and the Statcast um, 
profile on Walters was he's not hitting it hard and he's getting lucky. Now there is and and, and I got <laughs> I got you know I got summoned by Jeff Salazar for this. Um, the assistant hitting coach for the Rockies. Yeah, as well you should. Yeah, and, yeah, because he, he saw the tweet that I had about no barrel. My tweet was really, it was Petriello picked it up and went ran with it, and I think that kind of blew it up a little bit. But um, I think, I mean, my tweet was really more about, this is remarkable that this guy's hitting uh, 280-whatever on the season and doesn't have a barrel. More like that, you know? Yeah. And it has this many play appearances. Pitchers had, pitchers had two, starting pitchers had two or three barrels last year. Um, so that was kind of what it was about. But he was maybe he took it as more of a like a, a demeaning type thing, which wasn't meant to be. So we talked and we had a good conversation. And he explained, look, we're not trying to, we're trying to, we're not trying to barrel. We're, in fact, we're we're actively making sure that he's not trying to barrel the ball. Exactly. Um, and, and, and because he is not an ideal candidate at the plate to be trying to do that. I don't buy that all the way. I think it's an interesting idea, and I think, and I give him full credit because, hey, you can't argue with the results. The question is, will that carry over? It's going to be really interesting to see in 2020 whether that carries over for Walters. Because 2020, and as the sample size starts getting bigger, we're going to start finding out how much of it was luck and how much of it was skill and, and what they're trying to do with, 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 uh, with him in the cage. So, but the numbers are, the numbers... If you look at the numbers, it's not hard to upgrade offensively with Tony Walters. And, you know, Omar Narvaez, he looks very attractive on paper because he, he can hit and he's 27 and he's got three years of control left. Um, there's a lot you can do with him for not much money, comparatively, even if he's not the greatest defensive catcher. In terms of, you know, like you talked about war, and you talked about um, war is not the be-all, end-all, that's kind of become the refrain now. It's not the real right. end all. Stop right. saying it is. You know, people who attack, you know, <laughs> saber matricians are like, you guys all just say wars everything. Well, some people do, but they're usually basement bloggers. You know, they're people who don't, you know, not at the ballpark and haven't studied the game enough to really know that this is not how you use war. If you use it correctly, um, yes, yeah, some of that gets offset by his offensive value. How much a catcher, it's really hard to quantify. We've talked about this too, how much a catcher catcher really means to his pitching pitcher we have this thing called catcher's era which i don't like because it throws a lot of um unfounded credit toward a catcher for being for ha- for having this comfort factor with his pitchers so that he's got that era a lower era so hard to quantify that it's arguable though because he is not a good defensive catcher it's really interesting it doesn't matter now he's off the board right but it's actually it's an interesting discussion to have uh that Reminds me of a situation that happened earlier in the season with um, Noah Syndergaard and Wilson Ramos. Uh, Mickey Calloway kept putting out Wilson Ramos, and Syndergaard's like, no, I want our other guy. Right. Um, it's like, I have better numbers with him. Yeah. And I, oh, yeah. I, I fit there with are him some more. cases where there's better numbers. The question is, how much of that is due to other factors? Now, there's comfort level's a real thing. I don't, I don't doubt that. I think you're kind of, certain guys are comfortable. Certain guys have their catchers, like Clay Kershaw to A.J. Ellis. The guy couldn't hit anything. But AJ right. Ellis was his guy. And every time Kershaw pitched, I don't know who his guy is now, but every time he pitched, you know that that's that's who he had. So um, I, I get the comfort factor. I just don't know if how it might be being overblown. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of other elements that I think it's the most difficult position probably in all of professional sports to quantify Absolutely. the value. I agree. Of. And and I, I think whether you're talking about comfort level 
or more pragmatic, practical things like scouting the opposing lineup, yeah. knowing you know the hitter's weaknesses, knowing when to change up a game plan. Right. And I think just if you're not good at those things at Coors Field, it's ten times more of a Absolutely. problem. Absolutely, that's the case for most things. It's exponentially right. worse here. <laughs> exactly. That's why right? the ball, the baseball, you know, whatever it does, it's we talked about this, right? At yeah. sea level. The, 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 the change in offensive sea level, it's exponentially different over there across the street from where we are. Right. Where it's like, it's July. Yeah. You know, it's July of last season. It's the Padres series. It's, you know, the Giants series. Awful, awful, horrible games. <laughs> the, those, those were really, really painful. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there has been a... a a lot of consternation on my Twitter feed. Of course there has. The Rockies haven't I, done anything. I got to say, I admire you, Drew. I do. Um, when I gave Drew a copy of the book, it, you know, my message in, in, inscribed in there was, you are the consummate professional. Because you are a consummate professional. Thank you, sir. Seriously, sincerely. But also that comes with, um, that can come with a lot of, a lot of um, I don't know how you, what, what you want to call it, but you know what I mean about Twitter. <laughs> Twitter already is a terrible place, right? It's already a terrible, right. terrible place. Um, it's great, <laughs> but it's also terrible. Right. And, the, and the, um, the terrible side of it can really, really ramp up in the offseason if you're defending the Colorado Rockies in any way. So I, def- I doff my cap to you, sir, because I, am, I have been on the, other side, you know, on the other side of a lot of these uh, conversations about why you know the Rockies thinking they've got it all together we'll probably talk about it but you have um, you're fighting the good fight on that other end of it that's not easy to do in this climate right now so thank my, you my kudos to you um, and, and it is interesting to me because I think it really it, it like it comes back to a life perspective of like there's a lot of things that could happen yeah. and uh, I, I tend to not ever get attached to one possible future outcome ever and, I, uh, and, and to be fair, that happens way too much on Twitter. Right. Social media. Um, but the Rockies have made one move so far with regards to their 40-man roster. Now, they've done some other things. They, they've cut, I, w- I would say, some... I love these guys, but they've cut some fat a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Chad Bettis could come back on a minor league deal. Anderson's gone. Papaleka's gone. Some of these guys who've just been in the organization for a minute. Um the Jose Mujica thing I actually thought was a low-key, savvy kind of pickup. Not a lot of people talking about it. As a 23-year-old right-hander who's missed an entire season with Tommy John surgery, uh, his minor league peripherals aren't great. Low walk numbers, but like seven, five strikeouts per nine or whatever. But is this the type of thing? Do you do you think, because we disagree a bit, Manny and I do. I don't know where you're at, on, Kate, on the window about... You know, the Rockies need to go in hard right now. They got to do the big win now move. But can they do it with these types of things? It is a 40 man roster move. They gave them a spot, they had to DFA West Parsons. So it's not nothing. Uh, or do they need to go much bigger than this? Um, the Rockies, in general, need a big move, in my opinion. They need a big move. It has to happen now. The reason why um, it doesn't look like it's going to happen is simple. You know, Dick Monfort said we don't have payroll flexibility. And if you don't have payroll flexibility um, and you don't have a lot in the way of prospects to deal in a trade. um, See, there's where we really disagree. They've got prospects to deal in a trade. It's how you you look at them. Yeah, will they or won't? That's part of it. But it's also how another club is going to evaluate those guys. 
so yeah, I mean, I'm with you. There are some guys they could dangle in a trade. Um, it's going to be dependent on you know whether that's going to be enough to bring in the caliber of player that they're going to need. Sure. Um, the Rockies. The Rockies. We'll talk about this, I'm sure, but the Rockies are the clock is ticking, in my opinion, because we are good enough, and it goes back to a disagreement I think that we have on whether the what the Rockies were at 18, and whether that 91 win team pushing the Dodgers to that last game was an indication that they're with the Dodgers, you know, and I would say they're and not. Now, I don't know about an indication that they're with the Dodgers, but, but an indication that they're a 90-win team. I don't no, no, no. I see. I think some that's, people that's, that's you can't where, set the bar at compete with the Dodgers. Well, the problem, that's not fair. The problem that the problem is that I think Dick Monfort is because based on what I heard from his presser, correct me if I'm wrong. You were there. He said he literally went into a little bit of a conversation about well, what did the Dodgers really do last year? And it was AJ. Pollock. And somebody said AJ Pollock. I think Buddy said, "Oh yeah, that was it. That was the only thing they did." So we're okay. And the thing about that is, is that when you sort of what he said, you you you, you correct me here, okay? Because I want to know what he did say and how you read it. But to me, if and Jeff Reidich has said this on multiple occasions, we believe in the group we've got. Right. That underlying principle they did say many now, times. Now, believing in the group you've got. And then going to what you just said, not it's not fair to compare them to the Dodgers. If you if you want to be a wild card team every year and take your chances, okay, then you're not going to compare yourself to the Dodgers. Yeah. The problem is is that you're not the only other club in the end in your own division that's going to be competing for the wild card. The Diamondbacks have proven that they are uh, even without their stars. It's quite a thing. This is where he loses me. Yeah. This is Diamond, when he starts talking about how the Diamondbacks, the, the Diamond, Padres, and the Giants are for real. This is when he really starts The Giants are not for real. And I, that's, Giants. That's the, the Padres, I mean, the Padres are, have a decent the, shot. The Padres are for real. I've been yet. hearing that for nine Padres, years. Padres, Padres are a couple of years away. But the, what I'm saying is, as of, when 2021 comes around and no one's going to have that opt-out looming, the Padres are going to be this decent. The Padres are going to be decent by that point. They're, it seems like they're using the Cubs model to me, which is... We got an all-world farm system of position players. I mean, they're the best farm system game. Not a lot in the way of pitching. They're by, the Cubs bought the pitching to win in 2016. Right. Other than Kyle Hendricks. And so I think the Padres, it seems as though they're... And now you're hearing the Padres talk about Strasburg. You're hearing these, like, you know, they've been teasing. I mean, it doesn't mean that they're going to do it. They haven't so far. Even the trade deadline, we're like, oh, are they going to get Syndergaard? You know, so... But if they make a big move and do that, you know, and, and then and, and bring a couple of veteran top of the rotation type guys they're not that far away the Diamondbacks have shown they can compete without the, the likes of uh, Goldschmidt and Greinke um, it's a small sample uh, but that doesn't, they haven't shown but me that they doesn't, can compete without Greinke but, but, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't either but th- what I'm seeing is outside the Giants I'm seeing teams trying to get better when I look at the Rockies I see a team trying to get go nowhere than where they're right now at this point I, other than minor moves See, I just don't think. By the those way, are the, the I've best got a picture of Chris measure. Sale up here. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, like yeah. a doppelganger right now. I know, right? I could pull that. Chris Sale is on my Twitter feed. You could be Chris Sale. Right I could now. be Chris Sale. If you were about two feet taller. So, Kate, I want I want to get you in there on all of that. I'll I'll weigh in. I will I will, I will explain why I'm not quite on board with all and of tell that. Tell me what you heard from him. But um, well, yeah. Let, let me clarify that part real quick, and then Kate, I'll have you jump in because what what I heard them when they were giving those examples of other teams who didn't make huge moves but got a lot better, they were 
trying to give examples of what I would argue back to you in principle there, which is that that's not the only way to take a dramatic step forward. And in so fact, they were, so there they were are lots of themselves. I actually thought the better example would have been to talk about the Phillies, who made a whole yeah. bunch of acquisitions and totally won last year's offseason and finished in fourth place. Right. Well, even though they the acquired an objectively good players. If that's the point they're trying to make, I'm with you. They, See, that would have been a perfect example. I just, you know, the way I, the way I had read it or heard it, it sounded as though they, they you're looking up at the Dodgers. They've been your big brothers for a long time, um, seven straight NL West titles, and the Rockies have been competitive for about the last three years. Um, and 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 you're looking up at them, and then you're making a comparison with them. That leads straight to the thought that here's where we are, here's where the Dodgers are, and let's talk about them. right. I, I literally think that they could have just brought up any other team, but the point they were trying to make was internal improvement is very real, and we have reason to believe we have guys, Kyle Freeland I think being the most important one, with a great deal of potential for internal improvement. So Kay, where, where are you on all this? Is the Rock, Rockies have a tight window, time to go in now? A little bit worried about, sounds like you're worried about the Padres too? I'm just not. So I'll, we'll get to that, but let's, where are you at on this? Uh, well, I think the Rockies window is probably smaller than you'd, than you'd think. I definitely agree more with Manny on that front. Um, I think I think the Rockies have an attitude right now leaning more towards complacency than urgency. Um, and obviously, like, people bring up Nolan Arredondo's opt-out. I don't think that's as big as a concern as, as it's um, brought yeah. up to be. But, yeah. I mean, again, you have one of your best offensive players, Charlie Blackman, is getting older. Um, and the the lineup is really top heavy, uh, so I think there's there's definitely some holes to plug on the roster in order for them to be competitive with the Dodgers in the postseason. I think, th- I mean, the team makeup from this year to or from this year to the 18 season wasn't terribly different, right? Um, it was just some regression from a few guys. Um, I mean, most notably Kyle Freeland. I mean, John Gray had a good year this year, but uh, I do think that the Rockies need more pieces in order to put themselves into a window of championship contention like if that's the ultimate goal then you need better players to do that like i'm i'm of the mind that um pitching wins championships sure and i think that's good call that's 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 been proven i think um the astros have put huge and fantastic staffs together and the nationals just won with one of the best staffs um and i don't think the rockies are in that category. Obviously, John Gray is a great pitcher. Kyle Freeland has the potential to be very good, and uh, Marquez is good, too. I just don't think... I think they're all... except With the exception of John Gray, they're all maybe middle-of-the-rotation type guys. I think in order to be a championship contender, you need at least two aces. Um, in addition to that, I think um, in terms of um, WRC+, Plus, the Rockies' bottom half of the lineup is... <laughs> <laughs> I got. I got to keep sleeping out. I, I, under, I understand. I have some concerns with WRC plus as well, but it, at least in terms of comparison, um, the top half of the uh, Rockies lineup is great. Bottom half, not so much. So I think that there's some issues of concern if the Rockies want to put themselves in that window sooner, um, and I think that that should be the way to go um, because, again, there's. Um, Arnado's only going to be in his prime for so much longer, and I don't know how much longer Charlie Blackman's going to be as effective as uh, he has been. I want to say, I want to kind of seize on something that Kate said. It's really good. It's a really good and concise way to put it. The goal is to win a championship. 
And the, the Rockies at this point, whether you look at it from your eye test or whether you look at it from digging underneath the numbers, if you're a Rockies fan, don't dig into the numbers. You want to look at the eye test because that'll probably make you feel a little bit better about things. Nevertheless, this is not a World Series championship team. And if it's about building toward that, if you if you can't build toward a team that can compete for deep into the postseason within the next two seasons, Nolan Arenado, and I know that this is it's two years away and it's all speculation. I agree. It is all speculation. But the problem is, is that when you don't see any signaling from the front office to move in an aggressive way toward what you got to believe they told Arenado, which is we're going to put the pieces around you and around Trevor and around um, certain guys on this team to win. Zimborski, I go back to Zimborski's Fangraphs article um, about the F4 surrounding their best two players. And if you extricate the best two players and then take the F4 of what you've gotten from around them, the Rockies are like 28th or 29th. I think mm. they're probably only ahead of the Orioles yeah. right now. Or that was maybe last year or the year before because this was an older article. But the team, personnel-wise, the makeup is pretty much the same. So if that's the case, let's say they don't make the playoffs by 21. They'll, they're an 83-win team, whatever. Um, competes for the wild card, but doesn't quite make it. Because then, by the time you're in, the, in that group for wild card competition, um, and we talked about how it's not fair, uh, the idea that it's not fair to compare it to the Dodgers, you're trying to make the postseason and beat them there. Well, it's such a crapshoot when you have the wild card, if you're trying to go for a wild card every year, even with two spots. Let's say they don't make it. There will be one postseason victory. For Nolan Arenado in nine years. That is a danger because Nolan is a guy, you we've been around him to know, I think, I mean, enough about him that he's not a guy who will tolerate losing for long. And nine years is a long time. And yes, they have, they made the postseason, they made steps. You know, they went and, and won the wild, uh, won a wild card spot. Then they almost won a division and, and, and won the wild card game, beating the Cubs of all teams to get to the next level. Okay, you're taking steps forward. And then last year happened. Now, if that's an aberration right now, no one can say that. Maybe that's an, ab- an aberration. Next year is huge because after next year, you may not be able to say that again. Yes, payroll comes off the books, but the, uh, the stance of this club in terms of how to improve or not is really – there's a whole lot of signaling and a whole lot uh, involved in this kind of thing, I think, and it's not happening for the Rockets, for no one or not. Hey, I've got to break up the conversation just real quick to remind everybody about a great way to make some money, and that is with Denver's newest travel hack, Drift Car Sharing. It shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at Denver International Airport for a better experience than car rental. Skip all that chaos and save on time and fees when you book, or you can share your car and earn and park for free while you travel. Plus, there's no under 25 fee rule, so it's perfect for friends coming to visit. Drift is great if you're going home for break and perfect for extended travel, like a semester abroad. Allstate Insurance covers your car every trip and Drift cleans it inside and out. So even if your car isn't rented out while you travel, Drift will clean your car upon arrival. So you can go get all the info at drivedrift.com. That's drivedrift.com. I uh, see, and I just don't think he's. I think it's very unlikely he goes anywhere, regardless. 
But I, I think beyond that, I don't think that he necessarily interprets them not going out and swinging a bunch of trades. They've never done that. They haven't done that the entire time he's been with the organization. He knows Jeff Breidich really well, and he knows that that's not his M.O. And, and he had one playoff win. But he also watched the team. But this is what I think people forget, is that they they he's watched this team go from one of the worst in baseball from when he made his debut yeah. in the league. And they made significant strides forward every single year under Jeff Breidich's leadership. 68 to 75 to 87 to 91 I'm to have one step back to what then say, mean? let's throw out the model that built us all of that sustained success. There were 400 games before this last season and into this season where the Rockies were the fourth best team in the National League. We're talking about a 68 game sample size where they totally fell apart. And you know who's really bad during that 68 game sample size? Who's that? Nolan Arenado had a 75 WRC plus during this July where they totally fell apart. It was so, a slump like we've not seen from him. There's no doubt about that. I don't think he's he's looking at the Rockies going, you got to make the move. But I do think now, I, I wanted to have this debate. I didn't want to get to the part where we all probably agree because well, maybe we don't. What, what counts as a significant move? Because everyone who listens to the podcast knows I'm in love with Tanner Roark. And that's like not a, a player that a lot of people are in love with. I actually really like Gio Gonzalez. I don't know why there's almost no buzz about this. I guy. couldn't believe Gio Gonzalez got released last year. Insane to me. Or not not released. Um, just in the last offseason, signed in a minor league deal. Yeah, a minor league deal. Uh, Yankees, I think, and then they yeah. let him go, and then he got picked up. So is there a piecing together if they pick up a, a Chirinos and maybe a, an interesting reliever and a, and a Tanner Roar? That, those aren't, you know, that's not going and getting Steven Strasburg or Zach Wheeler or Madison Baumgartner or Yasmani Grandal. But is that the kind of thing where we go, hey, they got some reinforcements here. You feel like you've got some fresh people. Is that a, a successful offseason for the Rockies, Kate? I think it's a move in the right direction, but I don't think it puts them in championship contention. I think a move that they should have made that um, would have put them at least a step in that direction would have been uh, acquiring Marcus Stroman, but they didn't yeah. do that. So I don't think that they felt that uh, the I don't think they felt the urgency to try and get a guy which would put them firmly in championship contention. I think the timing on that was really bad. I think they were, in fact, I know for certain they were in on Marcus Stroman as an idea. We forget that going into this last season's month of the trade deadline, the Rockies thought they were going to be buyers. Like, they were right there in contention, and they just fell apart that month, right? But because they fell apart so disastrously, I... I think that's why there was no urgency, right? I, I agree with you, though. They missed the boat there. They, well, regardless, like, Strowman has more years of team control, right. so I don't think it would have mattered as much. It, it wouldn't have. It would have just looked really weird. They were in an absolute free fall, and then, because there's no way Marcus Strowman was going to save that season, right? But you're right. They would have had him for another year. Um, well, probably short-sighted. Uh, the, the falling apart and the freak things that happened to the Colorado Rockies in 2019, there were some freak things. Um, I, I, I absolutely agree. There, there was a lot of that. This is not a 71-win team um, by any stretch of the imagine, imagination. But then, it, but that they're also not. See, up to this point, and you made a good point. This is a team that, you know, under Breidich, it has consistent, it had consistently improved until last year when it took 
a big step back right. for at least one year. Yeah. That's um, 20 games step back. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing about that is, though, is that there, Ken Rosenthal, um, I think, had, a, had something at the trade deadline about this. He, it was an anonymous... I apologize if you all have heard this from me. Have I mentioned this? I'm not you? sure um, which one but this is. This, yeah, it was an anonymous um, executive, right? And oh, he, yeah. He said there are, teams, there are teams that know what they have and there are teams that don't evaluate what they have properly. I hate and it. The this Rockies, is And the Rockies are one in the latter category. That is... Now, whether, no, whether no, it's... A, that's such a bias. Whether like, it's, we don't like these players, therefore we don't Whether it's to the degree they like uh, that, that this anonymous executive believes it to be, he's probably not plugged in enough to what the Rockies are doing yeah. to know that or to make a very, a very precise um, uh, comment about that in terms of whether that's actually the case. But I do think that there is a, a kernel of truth in that, in the sense that, how big the kernel? I don't know. The sense that the Rockies think they overvalue what they currently have. And you know what? It was pretty cool because it was working. And then suddenly, it stopped working. But what's and crazy is on an individual level, that's not true. On a team level, yes. But on an individual level, them sticking by their own players and their own prospects, how many times did they have an opportunity to give up on Scott Oberg or throw no, Ryan well, McMahon those out? those are individual or, examples. Well, that's but what I'm talking about, Part of it is also, though, though that Sam spent, Hilliard was never a top prospect. Part of it also is that there's this whole, there's this whole other bucket that we're not talking about, and that's how they spent money on free agents. Well, now the thing about that has a that has, that that's I know terrible. that, but that has a lot to do with where they are now, because no payroll flexibility. What does that mean? Part of it is the ownership doesn't want to up the payroll, but you wouldn't have to necessarily up the payroll if the pay, if the money that you're shelling out right now that's all was actually right. production was production, right. you right. know. And so I love Ian Desmond, 100%. but Ian Desmond is not the guy that they signed him to be, and therefore unfair expectations were put on him because he was whoa seventy million. And, the, the most telling quote of the Ian Desmond era in Colorado is, I'm not giving the money back. Yeah. Because if someone offered you $70 million to do something you know you weren't worth $70 million to do, you take it. Sure. And so the thing is, is that that's, that's on Breidich, that's on the front office. The same thing goes with, now the bullpen, look, these are proven guys that you brought in here. Um, that's tough, okay? That's tough. Maybe, you know, I think a lot of people thought, hey, maybe this is going to work out great. So it's tougher to say, you know, that was poor vision on the part of the front office. Nevertheless, it resulted in what's happened so far, and there's one more year. Now they're waiting until they can get them off the books. Hey, and that, so, you know, see, that's all true. It's just the exact opposite of the Ken Rosenthal and this other executive argument. It's overvaluing prospect or people from outside your organization. In those two cases, yeah. But the guys that they've valued from inside I'm, I'm their organization, other Carlo. than Eddie I'm talking, Butler, about, I'm, I'm talking about Carlos Gonzalez. I'm talking about guys that they held on to probably a year or two too long. Those kinds of things where I we're couldn't starting, disagree more we're about starting, Carlo we're starting, I think Carlo brought guys. some more tangible, intangible value than... Not than even that. He's the only guy who could hit on the road. Yeah, That's well, the only right. guy on that team who could hit on the road. If Car- if, he if went her, to the playoffs if, twice if because Gerardo of Gerardo Parra. If Gerardo Parra was the player who was a valuable player... He would be on this club still. There's no. no reason why he wouldn't be on this club. Still. I'm all top There are a lot of. There are a lot of, and this is the thing too. There's this crush of of um, um, competing factors that you 
that you've created, right, as Colorado Rockies. You've got young kids that you want to give time to play. DJ LeMahieu's gone because of that reason. Yeah, yeah. And and you've got um, still the right. You've got about you sunk 180 million dollars ish into Desmond and three relievers. Overall. That's the big problem. You, you and but you also have young guys coming up that you're like. But that's not a problem. You, young guys coming up is a problem only if you don't have any place to put them, and therefore you're letting other guys go. But when you look at the roster now, that's what's so funny to me. Like that's what's just crazy to me about like current Rockies. Like with everything they've done, they've solved that issue. I know a lot of people didn't watch the last two months of Rockies baseball. I get why. <laughs> Ian Desmond's not center fielder anymore. Raimel Tapia has a better shot at being the center fielder next year. He doesn't have a position, which is the exact opposite of what they hired him for. Which is, but at this point, that's totally true. But at this point, that's better for the roster. And what I'm saying is is that that's all sunk cost, and you agree. What I'm saying is that, okay, you want to make this this worth your while? You want to make this a, a team that you can be proud of in 21? As money comes off, spend more money. They're not going to do so that. who's well? I mean, what do you mean spend, they're not going to do that though? They're going to spend ten, twelve million dollars this offseason. Ten, twelve million dollars is not going to get it done. What? I'm talking about spend a significant amount, and that's okay. I get it's a prerogative of the owners. Why? It's not my hundred million dollars. Why is that the only you know method I mean? by which the Rockies can get better? That's because what I they don't, don't have. And we'll talk about this. They don't have the farm system at the top level. They're at the bottom heavy, where the most of the talent. There's a Colton Walkers. There's, you've got guys that are that are there. Most of them are at the in terms of the top prospects are at the bottom and are not going to be able to help you soon and if you trade those guys because they are good prospects you're you're basically trading guy trading away even more of your future for guys that you're hoping will help you right now but are probably going to be veteran players they're going to add a veteran catcher that's that's probably the move that they're going to make. Right. It's going to be a Torino's type. It's going to be a Martin type. He's 37. Torino's is like 33. Oh, I love it. This is this is what's going to happen. And this is also more plugging, you know, putting band-aids on things for the next year and hoping you're going to be able to make a wild card. I'll right? be here. I'll be here when they when they win their 90 games with the random catcher they got and, and the veteran then, pitcher they and had. And then, you know what? And then we can have this conversation and I will be um, I will have egg on my face, and I will let you sit here, and and you're not a gloater, but I will I will let you glow. I will. Over I'll even give you the exact reason too. Sure. It's going to be because of Kyle Freeland and the fact that they have a good closer now. It Kyle, won't be Wade uh, Davis. Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez are so- strong starters. I think Marquez in particular is going to figure this thing out and become a top of the rotation guy that that we thought he was going to be. I think that's going to happen. And that gives the Rockies two of them. Kyle back Free- to Kate's point. Kyle Freeland, yeah, with Greg. Kyle right. Freeland um, is a question mark just because of how far he fell and how fast he fell. Right. There is a young starting group here that can build around. The bullpen, there are questions. You've got Oberg there that can be your closer um, if you believe in closers and believe in those roles. Um, so I think that there, there are, and you got to let, you got the best, arguably the best left side of the infield in the National League. So, Maybe a baseball. Maybe. Okay. So, <laughs> so the only one I'd say that's competitive with us is the athletics. Yeah. So, um, and that's with Marcus Simeon. One one yeah. year of Marcus Simeon. We yeah. don't know if that's going to continue. Right. So um, you got a lot to build around. The thing is, is that the attitude, at least from what we see, this is a team that keeps its cards close to its best. I get it. They might come out and do something, and we're like, whoa, that's refreshing. If you're a Rockies fan, but if, as far as the vibe that they've given off, right off the bat. 
They didn't even say, they didn't couch it. They didn't say, we're going to make moves where it's smart to make moves. They said, we're not spending money. That's not, no, I'm cutting you off right there. We're not they spending money that in is the not sense, what they we're said. not spending money in the sense that we're not going to spend significant money. Not going to make talking, a big splash. I'm not talking about, big splash I'm not talking about spending quote. $10 million and bringing in three guys. Right. I'm talking about $50 million. I'm talking about $70 million. See, and I don't think they have a $50 million problem. That's, well, we'll disagree there. But that's the thing, is that, when you give that off, you're not you're not signaling we're trying to compete with the Dodgers to win a National League West title, and trying to go deep into the postseason that way. We're not we're guaranteeing ourselves a series. We're not going to like we did against the Brewers. We're not going to do this the way we did it against the Diamond or the Cubs and the Diamondbacks and hope to to win one game. That's the issue. And you've got I mean the wild years. card teams have won more World Series this decade than teams that have won their division. But you're basically saying, let's take a Get shot. Get to the dance. Let's, Absolutely. Let's take... Over 162, you are never, ever resources-wise. Not never. Especially spending money in free resources. agency going to compete with the Dodgers. Resources. Ever. The Colorado Rockies... You're never going to compete with the Colorado Dodgers. Colorado Rockies are... Where are agency. they? Like top eight in payroll? Top ten? Yeah. That's top third, and you haven't... And, and how the money's been spent, it hasn't produced. And if you're not going to spend more and make better choices with the, with that money if there's not com- commitment from ownership to spend more I money. I just don't think spending more money means getting better players in here. Three things. Farm systems ranked it. We're going to disagree with this because you don't rank it. wrong on the farm, farm systems. systems. They're just ranked, wrong and they have system, been always. Farm, They're always wrong on the Rockies. Farm systems ranked in the bottom third. As it always has been. Free agent spending has been uh, a disaster. That's true. You put those things together. And a front office who doesn't want to increase the flexibility of payroll to a large degree. Those three things put together equal not good. I, I couldn't disagree and more. Not I just only think that, so many a, more factors. You're in a division that only the Giants I see as non-competitive, completely non-competitive for the Diamondbacks next, are going to be bad. For the next four years. Watch. I agree with that. Yeah, because because the Giants have waited too long to blow it up. And so now they're, they've got Fareed uh, Zakaria. Uh, Wait, what? Fareed Zakaria. <laughs> they got the guy on CNN. Yeah, Fareed Zakaria. How did he What's get into this conversation? What's his name? Uh, Our guy in San Francisco now. Oh, Farhan. Farhan. We got Farhan there. Um, <laughs> not the not the CNN GPS no, guy. No, no, not him. They've Which got Farhan like over there, and I think it's not easy to change uh, culture and inertia like the Giants because they're so used to winning. Um, so I think he's going to do that. They're gone for a while. The Padres are not there yet, but are, are going to get close one year closer next year. The Diamondbacks are going to compete with the Rockies, and the Dodgers are, and the Dodgers are going to stay up at their hundred win level, and the Rockies aren't there. Sure. So when you're in a Western division, when you're a division like that, and all of those other three factors that I mentioned apply: farm system issues, bad free agent contracts that are still on your books, and not willing to spend more money. That's where I see this not happening. Let's count on the guys we've got worked for a couple of years in the sense that you won 89, 89 87, 87, to 87 and 91 games yeah. and the 91 in a season with the Dodgers Pythagorean win-loss was like 102 get out of here with that then and then they came back the next year with not adding anybody except Pollock and getting Seager back and they won 106 franchise record this is the problem you're facing and you're not up to the task is what I'm saying given what we've seen so far I think that's an incredibly specific framing of the problem. That's all. That's all I'll say. Kate, I want. I want to get you. I don't think you're wrong about anything you just said, except the farm system. They're just wrong, and we can go over that some other time. The rest of what you said are is 100% true. I just think there are a lot of other things 
that are 100% true. And the only other one... You, you see mitigating factors to those things. And, and, and I, I, things I, like I, the I roster that. is on average 25 years old. You say the, like a lot of the... But again, reasons, then like we the, come to the time. So David Dahl, Ryan Maltapia, uh, Garrett Hampson, Ryan McMahon Ryan aren't going to get better Ryan next McMahon year. You know, stuff like Ryan, that. Ryan McMahon, Sam Hilliard, and Ryan McMahon, I can just see them in a few years being this tandem in the middle of the lineup. A few years. Are not... You, you're gonna, you're gonna I've got Ryan this. McMahon as an all-star next Arenado, season. Arenado is going to make a decision here in a couple of years. And if you don't think that he can get 30, he can get 35, 5 that, and 165. Let's, let's table that. That's, let's table that, though. But this that is all, it's, a, it's a part the, of this. It doesn't overcomplicate it. This is a part of it. In a few years down the road, given the age group that we're talking about and the, the youth factor, yeah, okay. But given in 2021... Those guys aren't still, years away. McMahon, Hampson, Hilliard aren't... Hilliard is years away. Hilliard is years away. Hilliard, maybe. He just yeah. came up. McMahon is a good hitter already. Is he to the level that he's going to give you what you need in, to, to make up for what you don't have around maybe the bottom of the lineup? Yeah. Question mark. So all of this... Yeah. All of, all of this is that... It, it is going into... I, I, I used the word tributaries the other day. All these tributaries are flowing into one stream. Nolan Arnott's decision... 21. See, I could and, not and, disagree and, with that framing more. He's not if, going anywhere. Well, I think if we keep missing the playoffs, it becomes if a much more difficult decision gonna, for him to gonna, stay. If you're a team in 2021 for a 30-year-old superstar like Nolan Arnato with his track record and you can't give him 5-165, and 165, I, I just don't see a team not willing to make that commitment to I, Nolan Arnato. It's the a way he takes very small pool of teams who are going to even be able to and, be in a position to consider doing that. those teams are that. probably going to be competitive teams, and given the fact that those you know are going to go after goes in, those <laughs> are going to be the clubs. I've if the heard Yankees, all if the of Yankees, this before. If the Yankees don't have a Rendon, or a don't, and they're not I mean, looking, they have they're looking, or they're looking for Cole. Right now. They're looking for Cole and Strasburg. They're looking for the pitching right now. If they come if they come around to 2021 and have the chance to go after Nolan Arnauto, you can bet they're going to do it. And the thing about it is, Arnauto... Arenado is not a losing player. And the way I say that is, this is a loaded term. The way I say that is, he doesn't, he's not going to have the patience 10 years into his, nine years into his career. That's what I'm thinking. Well, two things. And one, he needs to play better in those situations. And Nolan two, Arenado, I think, has done everything that you need him to do to prove that he is worthy of not I your corners. I didn't say that. I, know, I but said that. Uh, but, but it look, goes into man. the discussion. The cornerstone star that deserves you for you to go and, and, and open your wallet and spend money the right way after screwing it up before. That's what I'm saying. He's not going to leave. There's a 5 to 10% chance he leaves Colorado. Today? Today? Well, yeah, but we're talking about the way that things are shaping going into those two years. Again, two years that's, we're putting the car way, way before the horse, and you can't be framing all of your moves as an organization right now Around, around the, the possibility that this guy, two years from now, is going to make an extreme decision. Probably That's one the players' union almost certainly won't let him make. I don't care what the cut's going to be. Any kind of pay players cut to one of the top ten players yes. in the league. The, the, the players' union will shut the whole thing down. He's going to have to take a pay cut during the middle of yeah. what it's going to be the you most intense the labor negotiations. The other, day, the other day I saw Jimmy Butler was on the Miami Heat, yeah. oh and my, my head was spinning. Right. And I'm like, I covered the NBA maybe seven years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, what is every, it's this shuffling. Every right. year these guys are either opting out or signing with a new club or getting traded. The MLB's not going to let that happen, and the players' union's not going to let major a guy base, take a pay cut. No, 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 no. They're never going to get these contracts again. He'll have to take a pay cut. I don't think so. 
That's where we disagree. There's I no think, chance at 32 years old they're going to come out and say, we're going to give you the same years and money that you were going to make. 30, 30, 30 at front office, 31, 30, 31 season, be, it'll, age 31 He'll be going season. into his age 32 season. Okay. Age 31, I think he's going to be at that point, or 32? 32. 32. Okay. If you're going to get... $35 million a year under a new CBA, uh, under, maybe? Under, well, the, the new CBA See, and if under, it's an, even and worked under out. an annual AAV, if you give the guy an AAV of four and... What's 35 and four? Whatever that is. Sure. Uh, 140. Thir- four and 140 for a Nolan Arenado. I know, we're two years down the line. Is Nolan Arenado not going to be an eight-war player at sea level? At Will they know that? He'd be the first Colorado Rocky in free agency ever to get paid what he was worth. Former Colorado Rocky ever no, no, to actually get paid what he's worth. Colorado Rocky that is considered hey, a star, a superstar. His WRC Plus is 125, man. Are you really paying for that? I don't think the Yankees cared about his that w- when they signed his w- w- <laughs> But see, they gave LeMahieu $12 million. That's half of what he's worth. But DJ is That's not, not going to be a Leonardo, And DJ is... On this we are. And sure. DJ, we are in agreement. And DJ, is, even though it's a small sample size, is instructive. You take a guy out of yeah, having to is. deal with breaking balls every 12 road trips that he hasn't seen in a week and then get pitched differently at home and on the road. Think about, we haven't seen just how good Nolan Arenado can be. Nah, if he I goes agree. away from Colorado, we will. DJ LeMahieu's career road OPS when he was in Colorado was around 680. And he leaves and goes to New York, and his road OPS it's a small this, sample. this year was nine nine hundred. Right, yeah. but I don't. Right. I but I think be it's, if it's he still like that or Right, yeah. Because of what he, where he is, because he doesn't have to deal with. It's ex- we don't give well, these It's guys not like enough. his batted ball profile indicates any regression either. Like he still has a good batted ball profile. We don't we don't give these guys enough credit as a, as a baseball community. We do because we're here. Right. But for what they have to deal with here, and 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 the, the bottom line is, and this makes it even tougher for the Rockies as an organization. I feel is players are going to start figuring out with all these advances and things like that that I'm holding myself back here. Even oh, they already have. No, I, we talked about this the other day on the podcast. And this is why I don't think the Rockies can or probably ever should be big players in free agency because they always have to pay everybody more than they're worth. And then if they don't work out, they're screwed more than any other franchise because pitchers don't want to come here for the obvious reasons. We don't have to explain I think now we're getting to the point where hitters, no hitters are going to No hitter start, wants to come here because if you're going to start getting the negative effect of it. Well, and it's not even as deep. Like, they'll start to understand what you're talking about, which is I won't be able to hit on the road. I'll be real screwed. That's something I don't think is fully in the consciousness yet. It's getting there. Right. But here's what they understand now. If you're a career 280 hitter and you average about 15 home runs a year and you sign a one-year deal to come hit in Colorado and you hit 310 and 25 home runs, is everybody going to say... Hey, that guy got way better this year. No, zero people will say that. Well, here's the other thing too: arbitration. Of of here, arbitration plays a big part of this too. Yeah, because because the way that arbitration works is antiquated. They look at average batting average. They look at right, wins. Right, they look right. at RBIs. They look at all of this stuff that they're agents for guys are going to start really, really pushing to change that culture. Dylan Betances is like the poster boy for this. Dylan Betances, a couple of years ago, was when he was in arbitration with the Yankees. I think he was worth, I think if you go by war per uh, uh, or uh, dollars per war that year, he was worth like six million dollars. They paid him two or three because he's not a closer. And if I'm a closer, it's at the Yankees, one of, uh, the Yankees, uh, uh, one of the people in the front office or ownership. If I'm a, if I'm a, if he's a closer, I'm an astronaut. 
saves, saves, saves. Gallo Batances could very well have been a closer, and he could very well have done what the closer did and picked up those saves. But he went and pitched, gave you four out uh, appearances, gave you two inning appearances, did whatever. He said, I went to bat for you, or I went and did whatever you needed me to do, and you're underpaying me. Agents are going to start yeah. figuring this out. Yeah. And really, once that gets fixed, that's when they're not going to look at the fact that you hit 40 home runs because part of it because you were in Colorado. Or your batting average was inflated by Colorado. That'll play in, in, in arbitration. It won't soon. And when that happens, that's part of the, the, the calculation. People are going to start figuring out my, my salary is going to suffer by going to Colorado and then having to go on the road. It's going to be brutal. I want to eventually fight with you about the farm system, but we got to wrap it up here. And uh, But, Kate, I wanted to get your, your final word here on um, is there a realistic path you know, judging based off of what the Rockies have said, what we know they're not going to do, do you think they can have an impactful, successful offseason? And if so, what does that look like? I think in their current mindset, I don't think that they're going to put themselves into championship contention with their current mindset of saying, hey, we're not going to make a big splash. You know, we're going to spend a few dollars here and there for sure. But, um, yeah, I think... You bring in a veteran catcher that brings some offensive value. Um, you bring in another solid rotation piece, and you get some more hitting near the bottom of your lineup. And I think those are the three main issues. Um, whether they do that via trade or free agency, it's, it's up to uh, obviously it's up to the front office. But, <laughs> but um, I think I think there are definitely some guys that that can provide value. And if you look at hitting at Coors Field. Um, I mean, you're going to want to take a look at guys like, um, I think in my mind, C.J. Crone is a, is a, is a piece. Oh, C.J. Yeah. Crone is really He's, um, He has one of the best batted ball profiles. Uh, I sent out a tweet a couple weeks ago. He has um, more um, barrels per plate appearance than Yelich, Bellinger, and Rendon. He has... That's a great... I don't play, of course. Yeah, he has a higher um, expected weighted on base average than everybody in the league except like 10 other guys so he's um i think in terms of batted ball profile that's the guy you want to have at coors field um and i don't think he's going to suffer as much on the road with how um at least in terms of his um like like i said his barrels for plate appearance he's going he's a good hitter he'll make contact with the ball home or road um, and he's a strong guy so uh, i think that's uh, an underrated piece so i think the the method that the rockies have to do is try to find guys that are uh, undervalued, like CJ Chrome's gonna make, like, not he's gonna make chump change. Right. <laughs> what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Like kicking the tires of CJ Chrome. I mean, if you're not doing that at this point, if you're the Rockies, I mean, what are we doing here? You so know? I think they're gonna make a bunch of these kinds of moves. That's well, why I'm curious to see what you guys are. are out of the yeah, those are those like, are five small things. Those are smart. Those are smart moves, and there's absolutely no reason why that shouldn't be done. And and, and let's be clear, I'm not saying that. This team needs to go World Series or bust. This is not the Dodgers. This is not a team that has been to the World Series in uh, two out of the last three years and has won seven straight in the last time. In my mind, if this you're in the dance, a, you're in contention for the World Series. And I know people think it's different. You've got to be it, championship it, yeah, built. I'm in like, that, you in know. That sense, in that sense, okay, I, I, I'm with you. But who who but would have been sitting here a year ago and take all three of us and taken the Washington Nationals to win the World Series? Not well, me. given <laughs> their rotation. But um, I didn't have them in the postseason. The thing, thing is, is that I'm not saying it all has to happen overnight. What I'm saying is you need to signal to Nolan Arenado that it's happening. 
we are making significant moves. I don't 100% disagree. Offseason, so trade deadline, and the next offseason, you need to be. These, these are. This is crunch time for you. If you can then show him that. Yes, we are moving in the direction that by the time you have a decision to make, we are legitimately a team that could play in the NLCS. If you can do that, he's going to stick with you. There's no reason for him not to. He's comfortable. He's a guy. I think he's a guy who's not a. He's a guy who likes to be comfortable. And I don't yeah. think he's a guy. Once he's he's been in a place for a while and he's gotten to know people and he, he's not your super. He's not Reggie Jackson. He's not the guy who wants to be the, the straw in the drink, right? Right. He stirs the drink. He's the guy who puts his head down and is a superstar, not super talkative, not super out there, um, and is fine where he is. But he also has to weigh that with winning. And I think it has to be a progressive. Um, they're all, no one Arnado thinks about where his team is. you got to make him think, I like that. We're getting better. It's got to be like the Mike Trout. It's got to be like where Mike Trout is looking at his team and saying, we hired Joe Madden. Joey's coming back. We're thinking about Cole. It's got to be those ideas that we're going in the But didn't he sign before almost all of those things happened? But uh, no, I agree with you. So did Nolan. Well, right. And and that's why I I do agree with you in principle. But I think he could see that in some smaller moves that maybe fans I think to the degree to which he's doing that, I think would be the... I would disagree with you on that. I'd also say let him be in charge of next offseason. People also forget that before all this happens, right, Jake McGee, Wade Davis. um, But there needs to be a building toward that. Well, I think, I mean, if you don't win a championship during Arnauto's contract, it's not a failure. But as long as you're highly competitive while he's here, as long as you win with him, then that's... That's the goal, is to win as much as you can. The goal should Winning be a championship. Winning the World Series is a crapshoot, too. Right, I mean, it is. I mean, yeah. the Dodgers were good enough yeah. to win. In fact, they should have won based on yeah. in, in, in 17. They really should have won. As but the Rockies as, have to put themselves in that the position Rockies while they have, have Arnauto here. Yeah. You have to get to that echelon. Absolutely. If, if There are guys, there are Hall of Famers who never won, but got, their teams were competitive. They had a chance to get there. They made the postseason and not just a wild card game. This is what we're talking about. The, the, left, the echelon at which you're at, by the time Nolan has that decision. And I, I, I think there are also going to be a lot of other guys. I think they need to be close to that. You're saying they got to be in that echelon? I think they've got to be in it. Yeah. they got to be a top three, four team in the National League. I don't think if, if top they're five, the okay, fifth yeah. best yeah. team in the National League or the sixth best team in the National League, he's going to bolt for greener pastures, yeah, especially yeah. because there's going to be such a limited... This was the problem with the first time he signed this deal that people forgot. There just weren't a lot of teams that were in a position to bring him on in the first place, whether it was they already had a third baseman, they've already spent their money, uh, they they just like what they have, whatever it may be, or he doesn't want to go there. People forget he's there's only three or four places he would even consider going in the first place. We're relying on but we're relying on the negative space here. We're relying on but it doesn't mean he'll go. If we're if we're if we're doing that I'm saying we as we're talking. I'm talking about the Rockies, though. If that's the if that's the stance, like Brighton said, I have no pressure. Tell me no, if no, he no, didn't no. say this. Yeah. I have no pressure to add to this club based on the fact that Nolan Arenado. That he did say. That has to be that his was, position, that though. That's the no, correct no, no, that thing. A, you have no, to say that. That's not true. I can't there run other, my other franchise guys. scared that my best player is going to bolt. That's not, a, that's not an bolts. admission that you're scared. That's an admission that you know what your job is. Nah. And the thing about it is, you can't is that let one guy, any guy on a forty-man roster, do you, run your whole organization. No. It, it, what uh, I'm saying is, if you if you're in the position that yeah, maybe he won't go. Versus, that's different. we are going to make that's sure. Different. That's kind of what what this discussion is right now. It says, where are the tone of this discussion? Yeah, there won't be teams in position. Justin Turner is going to be a free agent. 
Yeah, the, the Yankees might be a player. No, we don't. That's know. me making an argument, not adopting what they're. I understand, but that is argument right. is what I'm talking about, and 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 it's, I don't think it's very far from what they're doing over there. It's nah, more, that's it's more, it's more hope. It's more hope that that he won't go. Now they're not even. It's not a factor. It's not a factor. It's not a factor, and that's where they should be. It's, it's not. We not hope he doesn't. It's. We're not thinking about that right now. No, we're trying to do both. what we can to make the team better. It's, it's regardless of whether he goes or not. This is a good place to split hairs. I think you're right. They are, they are, I'm, I'm going to use it, I'm going to try to put this mildly, I, with all respect. I'm not a front office guy. I'm not a guy that can go in there and turn a franchise around. This is us speculating, doing what media does, and entertaining podcasts. That's what we're doing. <laughs> sure. And what I'm saying oh. is, a, a harsh way to put what the Rockies are doing now is they're deluding themselves. A more mild, uh, a more mild way to put that, a more, a more uh, diplomatic way to put that is, is that they're not properly evaluating their roster at the moment, and therefore that's why they don't think Arenado's a factor. They are just going nah, to the point where they're saying that's a leap on Nolan, based on a leap. Nolan Arenado is going to stick around because we're good enough to be in that upper echelon right now. I don't I believe don't there's a single person in that front office that thinks that way. I, I think don't. Dick Monfort saying, now we, we disagree on what he meant, I guess. Yeah. It's interpretation, right? Um, the fact that Dick Monfort would say, um, even 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 imply or, or take the risk that the outside world will imply this by, by saying, what did the Dodgers do? Immediately you're having a conversation. You said this could have been done better, and I agree with you, but if that's what the point that was the point they were trying to make that we are better we, are, we don't necessarily have to upgrade it was a response to, to a question about internal improvement we went to the Dodgers though he went to the Dodgers and, 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 he and, went to and, the first example in his mind of a team that got better without making any moves like and, and if, this is and, being read into way too much I think well he opened himself to that then, if that's the case because it's not a, it was not a stretch at all to take that to say we and also because we, we were right with the Dodgers in 18 what did they do? That's not a leap for somebody to take what he said there and say, since the Dodgers didn't move, didn't move up, didn't improve very much, we don't have to improve very much in terms of external moves. It's not a leap to go from what he said. I mean, in full context, context, it's just not what he said. I, you're, you're, again, like, yeah, but given the full talk, context of the and conversation, like it's, because, it's a misread. It's because, not because, what he said. Because I wasn't there, and I'm taking, based on what I read, based on what I saw, and so please, as, a, as someone who was there, tell me what the context was in full. Right. Because I really well, because the question, right. Well, because the question was just, you know, why do you believe that you've got guys, and they did name names inside of this too, of their own guys they felt could get better. It was a conversation about, yes, teams can make dramatic vacuum, improvements. Yes. Okay, so what And happened? so he, yes, he made the Dodgers as a comparison. And like I said, I would have mentioned, like, you know, the Phillies on the negative side of it, uh, as opposed, or themselves. Actually, the better example would have been their own damn team from 2016 to 17 to 18 that didn't make any big splash moves and went from a 75-win team to a 91 team. And what happened in that time? Trevor Story, John Gray, Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez. And those are a lot of the exact same people they're counting on now. Sure. But to power them go, back to 91 wins, and, and so we I go to are they are they are they fooling themselves in thinking that that 91 team win was a 91 team win, and that the Dodgers. This team is the part I hate. This is the most frustrating part of this entire narrative to me. That, that the 91 win team in 2018 just got totally lucky. To. They were a good team that. that 
Well, good. Then he should then be open to it and come out and fight it. They should come out and say, yeah, we were a 91-win team and an 87-win so so team. So it's double down. For me, yes, because those teams were good. And the core of those teams that made them good still is on the roster, still is young. None of them are past their prime except for Charlie Blackman. Other than that, the entire core is like average is 26 years old, and they're really good. Most of them are on the upward swings of their career. So, yes, yeah, say we've got a lot of really good players. Some of them, a lot of them, didn't perform in 2019. And I know I've seen a lot of people say they're throwing their own guys under the bus. Well, who should we call about the performances of Kyle Freeland and Wade Davis? And do you think those guys are eight ERA pitchers for the rest of their careers? So that I just think that a lot of that is getting missed. So I wish they would have come out, yes, more forcefully and said, yes, we're a good team that way underperformed our talent level. That's what we are. We're, a, we're an 87-win team that won 71 games because of terrible injuries and really poor play from a handful of key players. And so we need to think of ourselves as an 85-win team that's trying to make off-season moves to become a 95-win. That's closer to the truth. Here's the thing. Hey, what they if, should hire me as team president is all I'm saying. Because that's what, what if, they should have said. What if that's what they were getting at. They just didn't articulate what it. What well. if that 71-win team was actually – what if the 71-win team sans injuries? Let's say there were no injuries. Let's, let's say everyone was healthy. Let's say – what if that 71-win team, team and that 91-win uh, team, which was not – wasn't – didn't consist of a very different. I mean, the roster was pretty much the same. Right. What if that group is an 84 win team that's trying to get to that, like you said, that 91, 92 yeah. win yeah. type team? What they're doing won't get them. See, I think at Torino's, the I think the exact offseason that you kind of just said no, that doesn't make does it make them World Series? I don't know. But you said you know Torino's Crone. Throw me a, a, a veteran, either reliever well, or starter, and say, yeah, I do think that, that takes it from 84 to 90. That, if you I think admit, that's a 91 team. It's a 91 If you admit that this team from the last two years is probably around 85 wins, like you said, then that goes right to the, the, the false premise that the, this was a team that could play with the Dodgers in 18, the 91 games, because they're an 85 win team. Well, they're not a 71 win team, they're not a 91 win team. This is the whole Again, thing. I don't, People argue that, well... This, they got to play with the Dodgers thing as an outside... Okay, if they this, can't play with the Dodgers within the next two years, over Nolan Arnado has something to think about. That's what I'm saying. I, I could not disagree more. There's only three teams in baseball that resources-wise are going to compete with the Dodgers over the course of 162. And people are saying you that get half, to the the, half, the teams, half the teams in baseball are... You know, that's what people are complaining about. Half the teams in baseball are not very competitive. Yeah, well, I mean... Then you take three out of that 15. When the Dodgers have a $2 billion TV deal, it makes it difficult for other people to hang with them. So that's a... I don't a, know the details of the Rockies TV deal. All I know is... It ain't $2 billion. Deal, I, 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 I'll tell you that. It I ain't know, $2 billion. All I know is that they negotiated... They, I guess they negotiated a new one, and Dick Monford, I think, said right in tandem with these discussions about no payroll flexibility, saying, we weren't as happy with our TV deals we wanted to or something. Oh, that, that, that was true. Though, uh, again, um, like, hey... People here trying to watch hockey and basketball can can attest to. Yeah. We're just glad they're going to be on TV. How about that? I think it, it, what it boils but, down to, and I think Cade maybe can bring us back to back to earth here, the two of us. Sure, right? No, off. I know, right? But um, I, I think what it comes down to is is a fundamental disagreement on how good the Rockies are now and how good they need to be for Nolan Ross to grow. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. Um, but and this is where the podcast listeners can chime can in. Can chime in and get to decide for the. Oh no, they all think he's gone. Everyone in Rocky Land thinks every time something bad happens. I think that's an overreaction happens. that he's gone. I just think that there needs to be some sense from the front office in terms of. I'm not saying they're not doing this or thinking about this. I don't know what they're thinking about, but there needs to be some sense that we need to. We need urgency here. We need to do something. I think the something urgency significant, be not Robinson Torino's, not just CJ Crow, not this guy. I think the moves will be insignificant if they win 88 games and get back into the postseason. I, I think that there, no one's going to be saying, well, they didn't win the offseason. They didn't make big enough moves to so let's say, make the thing Nolan is, is happy. Like, let's say they get into the wild card game and lose it, then they go into the next season, and they just miss the wild card. Basically, this I think they make one wild card this, game in the next two years. There's no way he leaves. There's zero chance. Okay, that's where I disagree because I think that one playoff victory in nine years is what I'm looking at. I, it's not are. promised anywhere else, and that's also two more years it's for other teams to miss the else, But if you're a Yankee or a Dodger, then I think I think yeah, you feel better about yourself. Yankees, I mean, that's the same yeah. thing with Mike Trout. Well, he has one playoff victory. Mike Trout in, is in his I career as well. Head so. When he didn't want an opt out, I love yeah. Arias. I, I can't. I can't believe he didn't do that, and I also can't believe Jeff Reitich gave Nolan Arenado the opt outs. I actually came up with the idea for him. I don't know what what, I, what that was because Nolan didn't ask for it. He didn't ask for it. I couldn't believe it. That that I totally understand. Trying to yeah. I also don't think it's we're too far down this rabbit hole. But I, I think we were too far down this rabbit hole. I just don't think it's a disaster if he leaves either. <laughs> That's all good. The Rockies can find you, another, can find somewhere else to spend thirty-five million dollars. You're willing to go the distance. You're willing to go on with it, even though you're like, you know what? I'm gonna have to split this podcast into seven parts, but I don't care. I like it. Uh, I, am, I am gonna have to cut us off here, though. We can do more uh, talking at some point. I'm sure. This offseason, maybe get into the uh, the farm system stuff. It is another area where the Coors Field thing just kills the Rockies. Like, read the reports. Read like when people evaluate Rockies prospects, they take Coors Field into account, and it's and they get hit twice for it. And then everyone comes and says they have a bad farm system. They had a bad farm system. He said in giant beard, bunny ear quotes with John Gray and Kyle Freeland and David Dahl and Ryan McMahon and Ryan Altapia. I remember that bad farm system. As much as I I push back on all this in this discussion. <laughs> I, 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 the, the national media doesn't do enough research. We're seeing it in Walker Hall of Fame, obviously. Um, hashtag. Hashtag Walker Hall of Fame. Does not do the requisite research and take the requisite time to understand the dynamics of playing baseball here. It's what makes it frustrating for Rockies fans, and it's what makes it fascinating to cover baseball here. Yeah. Final thoughts, Cade? What do you think? We figured it all out? We got it? <laughs> I, I mean, I think we came to you at least to <laughs> yeah I think I think we understand we understand like collectively that we're we're around an 85 foot team is that the consensus yeah I'd say the Rockies are probably a little less than that but yeah around there right yeah so I mean yeah and then in your opinion Manny you need we need a bigger move and we need a couple peripheral moves from from you Drew I think um I, man it, it depends on on the mindset right like yep. like we said um Arenado is going to stay here if he's winning, right? Um, and I think even even if you're not factoring in Nolan Arenado into this at all, like like his opt out, you want to win. Like you want to you want put to yourself win. in right. that. In right. that. that should be the right. You, yeah. you want to make it to the, it the, the at least the NLDS and ideally the NLCS. I'm, but like that, that's what you, your goal should be every year with the talent that the roster has. You need to put yourself in a National League Division Series or Championship Series every year. 
And with the roster that they have now and how they performed last year and how top-heavy it is, I don't think it's it's in that spot right now. And I think we're one big move away from being put in, into that echelon, that tier of top four, top five teams in the National League. Uh, so... Yeah, we need yeah. to. It's, it's also, it'll have to be a It's trade. also a signaling thing, too. It's like, since no one Arnauto has been here, what's been just a splash that they made to say, other than signing Charlie Blackman at 34, at 33. Well, they tried to do it last year with Daniel Murphy, but it did, that did Well, didn't work. yeah, I mean, that was a two year thing, right? Right. And he's coming off injured, an injured season. Signing, signing Charlie Blackman at his age, I, I overestimate him. I mean, he's like 31 when he right. signed. But signing him for over $100 million for five years or whatever, that right there. I think it was a signal to Nolan, but it was the wrong. Not how he took it. Nolan really likes no, Charlie Blackman. Charlie. And he doesn't yeah, love Charlie, yeah. but what I'm saying is, is that in terms of the result, what's going to end up, what that deal is going to end up looking like when you look back at it. Um, if they spent $100 million to make a really big move by bringing someone else in here, that would have been looked back at right now, I think, as, okay, this front office is really serious. I think that's how analysts and fans think of it. I don't think that's Who's how left? players. Well, no, but the players. Nolan Arenado. That's why Nolan. That's no, why Nolan is not think probably think thinking. Make big splashes. That's also that, why he's probably not giving enough credence to the idea that he's suffering on the road for being here. I think it'll come, but I think right now he and a lot of other players don't even. I don't think that they they look at it that way. He wanted them to keep cargo. Yes, exactly, and that's why he Nolan likes his because, guys. Because he's Cargo, loyal to his teammates Cargo's and his, his friends and his buddies. Like his, like it probably was like his father in yeah. baseball, right? Absolutely. That's what, that, that brings in a lot of other elements that we don't look at, and for obvious reasons. If we were players, we'd think the same way. But that's why we look at it, you know, with with kind of at a in a dispassionate way. We're like, this is we're just stripping all that out, right? You know. It's going to be an interesting one. It sure will. Sure. If we can have this kind of a conversation in uh, in December, before they've December, done everything, <laughs> before think, anything yeah, is it'll be interesting in about a month from now. Or two. Why don't we get back together maybe after the winter meetings, talk about what's yeah, gone on and, and, and do all that. I mean, I'll be down at the winter meetings. So. Sweet. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get a report from you. you uh, we'll have a, a couple We've got a other... real-time correspondent. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fantastic. Excellent. So. All right, thanks, everyone, for listening in to this episode. Make sure you're following everyone on Are you guys still here, media. by the way? Yeah, if you're still <laughs> listening to this, make sure you buy Manny's book on Amazon. Just search for Blake Street Bombers. Follow everyone. What is your Twitter handle, Kay? CC underscore Walker 55. Thank you very much. So, yeah, make sure you're checking out all of his stuff. Like I said, we'll, we'll have him back on to have more of these conversations. Uh, it's, a good, it's good stuff. It's so. good stuff. Uh, yeah, make sure to subscribe to DNVR and to this podcast on iTunes, whatever pod app you happen to be using out there. In the meantime, we hope you will maintain being absolutely awesome. We will continue to be Cade Walker, Manny Rondawa, and Drew Christie. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. Are you in search of natural relief from your daily stresses? Well, Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-rich, hemp oil-infused coffee that is non-psychoactive, helps reduce pain naturally, keeps those coffee jitters away, and so much more. I started drinking it because I have degenerative arthritis, and I would prefer to drink coffee that has natural ingredients in it for healing, and this coffee treats the inflammatory process that happens from having degenerative arthritis. That was Robin. She's been drinking Strava Craft coffee every day for months now, and she is so happy with the results. I would recommend it to America. 
to everyone because it is a fantastic product. It delivers. It does what it says it's going to do. And it's amazing. Put your body back in balance with Strava Craft Coffee and see how good you feel. Order online today and use promo code BSN2018 for 20% off. That's BSN2018.